G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I've got Kelly Dobby from Transformations Renovations in Perth on the podcast. And I really wanted to chat with her about how to make the strongest owner-occupier appeal when renovating your property, how to add the most value to that sort of demographic. Why? Because we're going to be able to find higher quality of tenants if we've got strong owner-occupier appeal, and we're going to have a much better valuation and end selling price for our property if it appeals to homeowners in the strongest ways possible. So, belt up and let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. Hey, Kellys. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to chat everything transformations and renovations. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thank you. And I'm um, honoured to be invited. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. Well, let's jump in. I've, I know you mainly specialise in renovating the middle to premium end family homes. And while that's not the type of investment property that everyone has, it's exactly why I wanted to chat with you today because the greatest capital growth I've seen comes when a property has strong owner-occupier appeal and I think even if someone has a property in the lower end, if they, the more it impresses homeowners and appeals to them, I think the better they're going to do, both with attracting tenants and improving their value as they go and when they eventually sell. And you've completed some amazing owner-occupier renovations over the years. God, <laughs> how long ago do you think it was that we met each other? It was at least maybe 10 or 12 years ago, I think. Yeah, so the business is 12 in November. So wow. it was very early stages, the piece, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not that, that we look at older. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely older because I've got staff and kids. and uh, But you're still appearing pretty young. So Thank you. I'll take that. Despite all the stress of your renovations. <laughs> so how did you get into doing renovations anyway? What's the, the story of how it, it went? Yeah. how you discovered them? Uh, look, I, I always had have had a really strong interest in renovating things and my husband and I renovated our own properties for many years in sort of an early marriage and after our first um, child was born, I was really keen to sort of change career directions at that time and started to ask whether there might be a business in renovating for other people. And as part of that process, I renovated a couple of our properties, almost a bit like a pilot project, if you like, and started planning transformations over a couple of years and did that alongside working part-time. So as I said earlier, we will be 12 in, in November and initially we started renovating sort of small investment properties, so for investors only. But over time, project sizes and scope has grown and now we project manage largely whole home projects and mostly for property owners. So we might sort of renovate 
10 to 12 properties a year and one or two of those might be an investment property but largely owner owner occupied and so that the it may be helpful for people to know that the service that we offer is it is a project management so a very personalized project management service yeah yeah we largely take on cosmetic projects so where we renovate uh, within a home's existing footprint. So we're a registered building company and I have a restricted building licence that limits the scope of the structural work we can carry out. So largely whole homes within an existing footprint and, you know, most of our projects include renovating things like kitchens and wet areas, floors and paint. So from woe to go, finishing for people. And how is it, like, to go from renovating for yourself to renovating for others? I guess you had to probably change and improve your systems a lot and how do you remember making that transition? Yeah, so I knew about systems. So my background was in sort of management and project management was something that I, I did regularly, if you like. So that wasn't difficult. Certainly moving into developing and growing your own business is always difficult though. So there were lots and lots of lessons still are. Wearing the, um, the many hats to... Absolutely. It's not just doing the renovation project management, is it? It's like no, your marketing and your selling of your service and everything else that you have to wear. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's great that you've kind of started smaller, I guess, in your size of renovations too and scaled up the scope and what you're delivering. And so you've had a real cross-section, haven't you, from the the more basic to now some of your renovations would drop most people's jaws um, <laughs> to the scale and size, which I suggest people check out your website for sure if they want to see some of what you've been doing, but also follow you on Facebook and enjoy seeing your posts of different you. ones that you're working on. Okay. So I know most of us when we're watching shows like The Block and House Rules and we've got another season of The Block starting now, so I'm excited to get stuck into that. But they make it look pretty easy, don't they, at times? And how have you found that real life compares? Look, I'm a fan of the block and you're right, it can look really easy at times. I think in my experience with any renovation, if the planning phase is exhaustive and there's is the block's planning phases, I you know, can't begin to imagine how much earlier or how much prior to renovation start, how much planning has, has gone into the play. But, yeah, if that planning phase is exhaustive, then the renovation process and the experience for people is always going to be smoother. So I think the block is a really good example of that. How does real life compare? Look, in general, more slowly. We can't all work for 18 hours a day and kill ourselves. So I think it's just something that you can't maintain for long. So that's one reality. Great that you mentioned the planning as well because how most people go about renovating is they see they take a very small segment and they might start on that. It takes longer than they think. They never get to other parts of their house. And this is particularly the case when you're living in them. You know, you get delays on certain things and then trying to overlap trades and other segments is a, a challenge as well. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it's a major, major learning curve, particularly if you haven't done it before or if you're new to it. I think the other thing is, is that renovating is, is stressful, absolutely stressful, and timelines and budgets and relationships and, you know, your overall health are at risk of being compromised along the way. Mm. And so that's think, the costs I think people yeah. don't add up as well. It's like they look at your costs and they're like, oh, I think, I think I'll, you know, I could spend that on the renovation and save myself some money, but... The reality is they're spending more for 
what they put into the, their trades and, and supplies and every, all the fittings and everything are costing them more and you can pretty much make that back just on those things alone, let alone the time saving and the, the stress difference. What price, peace of mind, I think. So I think the stress that you see, you know, couples on the block display, you know, is, is absolutely reality. It, you know, re- renovating is really stressful for, for anybody, but certainly for first-timers and people that are taking it on themselves. Yeah, they, but I guess that planning we don't see on the block often, so that yeah. I guess what anyone can take away from this is the unseen of planning makes the whole lot Absolutely. A hell of a lot easier and smoother if you spend the time to do it. Sure does. Why is that the case with everything, not just renovations? Well, you're right. It's life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I guess there's that saying, isn't it? Isn't it? Fail to plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's right. That's right. So what, I guess, makes for a successful renovation transformation? Now, we've mentioned, touched on planning there. What other aspects make for a successful one? I think that there are lots of ingredients. I, I think there are some key ones, though, and planning, even though we've revisited, maybe just to drill down in that a little bit more, yeah. it's really important to plan well and take the time you need to do that. So, for example, I'm planning now for a project that we will start in February next year and we're some weeks into, into planning for that renovation. So, you know, the key elements, I think, of planning are really being clear about your purpose, so why you're renovating and, and what you want to achieve being clear about the scope, so exactly what you want to happen and and breaking that all down, making sure that everybody's key needs are are met and really working out what is negotiable and what's not negotiable for you. I think they're the, the kind of pillars, if you like, of planning. I think a second ingredient, key ingredient, is is a great team. So I think a great team can make the difference between over being over and on budget, under and over timelines and schedules, and keeping and losing neighbours, keeping and losing the hmm. So a great team can really make so much more possible. I think, and and probably the third, I think that's really important is establishing and maintaining communication uh, throughout with within your family, uh, within your team and overall. So making sure that, you know, you, you, you're regularly meeting on-site, communications flowing on a daily and weekly basis about how things are going, making sure that that communication is done respectfully with trust. So nothing worse than not trusting the people that are looking after your home, getting on top of problems. And I guess that can be hard if you don't have the right team too, relating back to the second point. And I've certainly found it in building a team too because trust is earned to begin with, but you have to also give it. And if you have got the wrong person, then, you know, no amount of micromanagement is going to get the job done to excellence either. So I guess your three pillars there are essential in any business as well. So it's great to see the commonalities. (laughs) Very much so, yeah. And um, it is really hard at the moment to get, trades and services so I guess that's the other major benefit when you've been using yours for a number of years and same with our rent role and managing properties thankfully we can call a plumber and get them to come that afternoon in the drop of a hat and likewise I'm sure your guys will do anything for you yeah, having right. been through the worst of things and now at the better of things. Well, it's all about relationships isn't it? Yeah. And um how, did, how have you seen renovations go off track for time and cost? I think there's there's probably four key ways. I think the first is when when scope changes. So when people add, ah. 
uh, to the scope. Classic um, one. Yeah, introduce a new area of work or extend an existing. Yeah, that is that is the classic one. Yes, it throws um, the planning out and big time and schedules, and then yeah. on, you know there's always there's always a cost add on there as well. So the clearer you can be before you start about what you're doing, the scope, and sticking to that, the better. And alternatively, if you're going to add things as you go, just know and understand before you go into the process that that will that'll add additional cost. I think the second is finding hidden surprises and that's why a contingency budget is is so important. So you're likely to know about those hidden surprises within the first few weeks of a renovation but likely to be, you know, either structural, so things that you you can't see until you uncover or plumbing or electrical um, Mm. in my experience. Um, I think you'd be surprised as well how many people don't get building inspections done when they're purchasing their houses or they've been in the property for you know, some time and things can have occurred since. But even an inspector can't pick up on everything, especially if it's, you know, behind a, a wall or in a cavity or whatever right. it may be. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely right. I think there are, there are some things that are outside of your control and certainly at the moment we've got issues in Perth around delayed delivery of items. Because we live in Perth, generally materials, supplies, everything comes excess. So getting on top of ordering well in advance uh, before you're due to renovate is is really important. Things like, you know, brickwork, getting hold of bricks, timber and bricklayers at the moment are massive cost blowouts in anything to do uh, with that and certainly delays in getting hold of materials is a challenge that's outside of all of our control uh, at the moment in Perth. And then I I think the other one is, and not always understood, but a lack of a schedule or having a loose schedule is is another one that can can blow out renovation costs and timelines as well. So the importance of of having a really good idea of how long something's going to take before you start it is is important, particularly if you have a family, I think. Yeah, especially it's not just... uh... It's everyone being disrupted then, isn't it, by what's happening around them? And I guess if you are mainly doing homes, they're occupied or at least semi-occupied. So that's another challenge I guess you have to work around. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Fun, fun. So are you still, what are some of the things that you might be doing to, I guess, keep your trades happy or keeping them so that they're responsive? Is there any little nuggets there? Yeah, so I think one of the things that we, we're doing is we're being really upfront with our clients about the reality of, of working at the moment, you know, in mm. COVID-related times of how that might look if that's going to happen and really being upfront about how busy everybody is. So starting at that end, I think it's really important, just maintaining really good relationships with, with trades and, and looking after them, checking in on them regularly, making sure that they're being paid on or before time is making sure that they're feeling valued. So a lot of trades were under an incredible amount of stress at the moment because they're waiting on on materials and the things that they need in order to be able to do their work well. Yeah, I guess Um, people don't see the other side. They just see a delay and they don't appreciate that, you know, these guys are doing their absolute best and dependent on other areas as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're renovating at the moment, make sure you're looking after your team. We certainly are at our end. <laughs> and what are some of the things you do to add more perceived value than cost? Because I see a lot of people sometimes do work to a property. When I find out how much they've spent, they could certainly have spent it elsewhere 
or spent it in better ways to get a better return. And I know it's certainly not always about return with a homeowner, but it still is about perceived how great is this home to live and how do we make it as livable for the family. So that's what translates to value for most families. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Look, one of those tips is is just good design, really thinking through whether you're renovating or building, how are we going to live in a house and making sure that that you're able to live in a house comfortably and that the next person that buys it is able to do that as well, when, you know, regardless of whether you're looking to sell next year or in 20 years. So mm. good design I think is really important. I think selections and finishes. So selections, uh, things like, you know, sort of cabinetry, paint, flooring, and ensuring that they they coordinate and look fabulous is, is really yes. And, and I think that that's something you don't need to spend thousands on. You may spend hundreds on and there are ways to do it uh, cheaply or, or with a budget in mind. But the difference between the same home where the left is is somewhere where somebody's not taken a whole lot of time to think about paint colour and, and selections versus the one on the right has there's been a lot of thoughtful thought and time put into how things match and work together to create mm. a really beautiful outcome for the cost of hundreds, as I said, versus thousands. I, you know, I think that makes a massive difference. So, and you've got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are too. I mean, I know that my mum and my sister and my wife are all so much better at, you know, choosing and having things weave together to create that overall flow and in and everything just works. Whereas I kind of see things more singularly yeah. and and uh, I know things are better left to, to their input, <laughs> shall we say. Me and our projects, I'm a project manager, I'm not a designer, and I see the absolute benefit and the, the massive difference in the outcome on projects where we have designers. Professional, on, yeah. Versus not, yeah. So maybe, I should, maybe I should... Uh, get help from the bros instead of <laughs> <laughs> my mother and my sister. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're fantastic, Jared. Yes, they, they have helped a lot. <laughs> what, are home, what are you finding that homeowners are most wanting in the properties that you renovate? So what's the um, main? Yeah, so the, the big one, and it's pretty consistent and has been for some years now, is that people want to be able to minimise clutter and maximise storage. Mm. They want to be able to walk into their home and see and know, I guess, that everything has a place and that any any mess and clutter can be sort of minimised. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they want it to be beautiful. People want their home to be beautiful. They want to be able to walk in at the end of the day and love living there, you know, love walking through it, yeah. the feeling yeah. moving through it as well. And often our renovations are people's reward for a lifetime of hard work, uh, for sacrifices that they've made over a period of, of time. So, you know, often their home is a, is a reward. So they want that reflected in the outcome of a renovation. A design that's centred around them is really important as well in their needs. And I think people want to know that the outcome is going to be functional and practical and easy to use as well. And these are the things that people certainly often don't think about when they're renovating prior to sale and then buyers come in and they're like, oh, there's no pantry or there's not enough cupboard space and, you know, how do we fun functionally use this? And they've gone with just aesthetics and looks, not practical design that makes sense. So, yeah, that's a massive one. Yeah, you've almost got to step into the head of your target market. 
So, you know, who, who will buy and what are they looking for? And you need to renovate, particularly if you're selling within the short term, renovate for them rather than you and what you think will work or you think looks good or feels good. Especially if you're not, if it's been a while since you've had a family or have never had a family and you're trying to renovate for a family mm. or renovate a family home, then there's a lot of gaps in that, isn't there? There sure are. There sure are, yeah. So what are some of the design trends, I guess, that are popular at the moment? Is there anything that you might have left out mm. or anything that? I cheated on this one, so as I'm not. A <laughs> so I actually I gave um, Casey from Studio Seventy Four, who I work ah, with, yes. a lot. I gave her a call, and so there are. A few I'm always happy to you know find a friend, <laughs> outsource you some of the things we know we're talking about. Uh, yeah, well, I, I certainly called a friend. The first I think is low maintenance because everybody's so busy. So a low maintenance home is a is a really prized possession. Things like sculleries and drop zones and mud rooms, so places to drop and have things so you're able to walk in and enjoy less clutter, et cetera, really important. Scullery is a big one. I see that. You know, every property that I sell, it's just got all those appliances off, the the pantry off, but space to put everything. And Mm. we've got a wine fridge in our scullery as well, so you can put these other things that are just out of the way. but having the space for them without them cluttering up everything else. So it fills two functions there. Yeah, high on the wish list of of our clients. And as I said, we work within the existing footprint of a home. So finding ways and spaces Mm, where they can be created is, um, is, is high on the list often of people's demands or requests. A return to curves and arches, so, you know, softness or softer design versus sharp and straight. The 70s influence is sort of creeping back in, so fluted glass and sort of rib designs. Grey, colour-wise, is still popular, but there's a move to sort of earthier tones um, as well, so greys and terracottas. Excellent. You're probably seeing as you go. Well, you have to thank her for the input on that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I bet you've seen a lot of, uh, let's say, interesting uh, things over the years as well. So what are some of the more eccentric or amazing or exciting things people have asked you to do Mm. when renovating a home? Because I couldn't not ask you this. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I look, I understand. And there's, I can't tell too much. I, I think probably one of the most challenging and really exciting but equally rewarding requests was to fully insulate an internal room in a, a home, air control it and cedar line it to create a wine room. That yep. is just divine to, to look at to be in. Yeah, that was that was pretty exciting. That that was certainly up there on the on the list. And yeah, beyond that I think I'd be telling. So I'll leave you with yeah, that. Yeah. Gotta leave some secrets. There's no, you know, slip and slides in in living rooms or anything crazy. <laughs> Not so far. Yeah, okay. I guess people haven't had the, the sort of crazy money for stuff over the last five years, so you might see more of it in the next five as well. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Yeah. So what should listeners, I guess, look to avoid when buying a house originally, especially when you uh, renovate within an existing footprint? What are some of the things that might prevent livability or doesn't matter how much renovation we do, we're not going to get it to appeal to buyers or other people in that area where it's going to be wasted money really to almost renovate this. Yeah. I think that sometimes 
there are parts of the home or, or the initial impression of the home is so ugly that it can't be made beautiful. So, you know, we could buy an ugly home and get it incredibly cheap and try to change it, but there are some things that just can't be changed and no matter who walks in, we'll find it ugly, if you like. I think another one is an internal layout that doesn't flow, that, that you can't move through simply. Now, sometimes you can do things like put a hole in the wall, do some wall removal and, and create that automatically, but there are some spaces where you just can't and where, you know, maybe no amount of effort or fudging up or camouflaging is, is going to achieve a greater flow. So being really careful about that, I think. Something that's dark and, and would be really difficult to introduce natural light into yes. is, is another. People want Such light. an important one. Like, lately, I'm just getting so many buyers on various properties saying, you know, it doesn't have enough natural light for me. And that's when I've gone through and opened up every blind, every blind in the place and I've put all the lights on to help as much as possible. And often it's the case where we might be the wrong way facing or too close to a boundary or we've got external patios and other things just shielding every window yeah. from no skylights inside either. And I'm sure there's lots of, you know, architectural other reasons that go into creating that sort of environment, but it's definitely becoming more and more sought after by people, I feel. Yeah, uh, it's, it's certainly a big one um, on the list for our clients. And then I, I think another one is is bedrooms that may be big enough for your two or your three or your four-year-old now, but if mm. this is home and it's going to be home for the foreseeable future, when they become a teenager, it's just not going to do. So it's another one I find from time to time. So you walk into a home where the living areas are spacious, are spacious enough, yeah. but it's really not going to suit the family moving into its next phase, of, mm. of, if you like. And it is more rare on the some of the older properties because there was that period it's happened at various points in the past where they've foregone the size of the bedrooms in favour of living area. And yes. whenever I am selling or, or we're renting a, a property of that type, you can just tell, you see the family coming up the drive, they've got adult teenagers, I might as well just turn them around in the drive mm-hmm. and say, this one's not for you. Yeah, absolutely. When the bedrooms are not, when I know that they're not going to be big enough. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a real shame because people do compare just on on paper or, or or top level where they say it's a four by two. Therefore, if we renovate it, we can expect to get top end of this. But when you look deeper, though, that's the type of thing that limits what someone's prepared to pay for a property and, and who's going to live there. Absolutely. So, I agree. Yep, absolutely agree. And what are some of the ugly things from the street that can't be fixed? Do you have any that come to mind? I know that when you get these flat roof type properties that might have been um, asbestos previously or a, an iron roof and they might, even if the roof has been kind of rejuvenated and replaced, you'll never get, you know, the same type of buyer per- wanting to purchase that type of property. And I've seen some in higher-end areas that have been redone and they just sit on the market for ages and it doesn't matter yeah, what you do to the inside, like if you yeah. can't get the overall structure of the roof and its facade right and 
Yeah. Is there yeah. any other ones that sort of come to mind? One, you know, the, maybe another one that comes to mind is the house that's almost too small for the block that it sits on. You know, so nothing else really that comes to to, to mind. But and as I said, you can always add some camouflage. But there are some homes that are just plain ugly, and 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 <laughs> you'll know ugly when you see it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's terrible, to say, isn't it? But you know, that it's a real challenge. So that you know, the more that you, particularly if you've got dollars and you're wanting to buy something, obviously thinking about those those things if you find it attractive then other people are likely to if you don't and it's going to be difficult to change or it's going to take a lot of money think again yeah yeah and I, I've definitely had the challenging house that's a bit like a rabbit warren people call it where you come in and there's just no flow to it and rooms aren't where you would expect them to be and everywhere there's a wall and People yeah, have kind of segmented off things yeah. and, yeah, yeah. just yeah. stay away from those. Yeah, absolutely. Not if I'm selling them. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a buyer for everything. We've just got to find yeah. the price. That's, cool. That's right. So have you, um, have you gotten any feedback from some of your clients on the cost versus the value of the renovation and what they've sort of seen some of the comparisons that they've seen. I know people probably aren't doing, especially when you've got a five or 10 year time frame, when we do to our stuff to our home, we don't really think about cost of return, but I guess it's a factor when people, I certainly don't want people to go and overcapitalize and spend more than they can ever get back. So have you had any sort of comparisons over the years between what people have spent and what they've gotten back in, in value? Yeah, so look, as you said, that's it's adding value isn't necessarily one of the the top kind of criteria for, for our clients. Yeah, um, you may not even track it per se. Yeah, absolutely. So it's you know it's lovely to have happen, and and it's generally probably expected that value is going to be added, but it's it's often not the most important thing. So the phone calls or the comments that I get how beautiful it feels to live in and it's exceeded their expectations so you know it's another form of value um if you like so that that value uh, i think is really important in saying that though the majority of the renovations that we do certainly they do add value as they go certainly some lately uh, that have been investment property so we've recently done a a beautiful old character home in in north perth that is an investment property and it's remained in families hands so um the value that that added was considerably more than I thought and certainly the clients thought, which was great. It's remained an investment, but even the increase in rental dollars per week has been really considerable. So that was, you know, that was a bonus then. And then I've also renovated for some people that say, I know that we are overcapitalising, but I'm planning to be here for 15 or 20 years. I want it to be beautiful. I've got the money. I've worked hard. I, I want this to be what I want and I know it's going to cost X and yeah. you know what? That's totally fine because in 20 years it will add value. Maybe not today. The reality is, is as well, if they spend it in the right areas and make something more livable, then there's going to be someone that will pay for it, you know, within reason, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. And I'd imagine as well, and I think it's probably early days on seeing this trend, but when people with the whole COVID and people having to work from home and everything's a lot more just home focused people are, are at home more they're not going away on as many holidays where we're having staycations where you know you treat yourself at home so I think there's going to be 
certainly these things, all these things we've spoken about today are going to be a lot more valued moving forward by people when they are looking to buy somewhere new. And I think that's why so many people have decided to sell or upgrade and renovate their homes at the moment. They've, they've actually spent a lot more time at home and realised that they don't like that environment lately. Absolutely. So, you know, I think um, there's only going to be a greater need and demand for people that can manage these kind of projects like you. So you, I don't think you, you, you're you on a winner. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think you're right. Absolutely. People are spending more time at home. The time that they spend, they want to feel they want to feel great about living in their mm. home. Uh, they want to look around and feel good about what they see as well. It's hard to put a price on that, isn't it? So it's yeah, like really. when you've when you haven't got it versus when you have, it, yeah. it's like you know you're a completely different person. Yeah, you are, and the, the way you live is completely different. The way you interact with your family is completely mm, different. Yeah. The other thing is is that living in the world of and and we are insulated. We're lucky enough to have been insulated somewhat over here, but certainly living in a world where everything outside your front door is uncertain. It's, you know, living in a home that's beautiful, that feels lovely to walk through, that, you know, where everything does have a space, brings some certainty and control, I think, into your life. I, you know, nice. yeah, it really does. Hmm. So I'm sure our chat today's helped lots of our listeners know more about how to add appeal and, you know, the value of renovating. But I'd suggest if anyone is planning to do a larger scale whole home renovation that they just get in touch with you. So I'll make sure your details are in the show notes. And um, is there any better way to get in touch? Um, uh, no, so you can pop my details in the in the show notes. Yeah. We're on Instagram and Facebook, so you'll find us there as well and, and more than more than happy to have a chat about your plans. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kelly. Speak soon, okay? Take care.